The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Happening this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the continuing saga that is Soap Central Live. I'm still your host, Dan Kroll, and we have got a jam packed blockbuster show this week, and it's not even sweeps. This week we're going to be taking a look at all of the latest soap news, and there has been, whew, there has been a lot of it. Uh, we'll get to this week's guest and all of that in just a minute, but I wanted to take a quick moment to give you all some other news. Now, as you know, with any program, it's the ratings that determine which shows are renewed and which shows don't make it. When I started Soap Central Live in January, the show was picked up as a 13-week pilot series. That's pretty much the way that most television shows start. They're given 13 weeks to find an audience, and if they do, they're renewed. And if they don't, well, they don't. So to me, that meant that I needed to put together the best show possible so that you, the soap fans, would want to tune in each and every Friday to see what I had in store for you. It's not been easily tackling a new show, and it's made a little bit more difficult when you're a bit of a perfectionist. But over the past 10 weeks, your support has been... It's been amazing, and you've made this show the third most popular program on the entire lineup. So I'm pleased to announce that I received word earlier this week that Soap Central Live has been renewed for an entire year. So thank you for being a part of this experience with me. Obviously, without your support, this would not have been possible. That means that now we'll have even more time together in the weeks and months ahead to talk about anything and everything soaps. So let's get to it, because I know that's what you want. This past week has had news of hiring and firings and recasts and just about anything you can imagine. So it's very fortunate that this week's guest is someone who has more than 17 years' experience in the soap opera genre. He's been involved in changing the way that we, the soap fans, watch our favorite shows, and he's even worked behind the scenes to come up with ways that would make us want to tune in. He put together an incredible Guiding Light tribute for last year's Daytime Emmys, And now he has his very own soap opera website where he continues to demonstrate how much the stories mean to him. So please welcome Michael Fairman. Hello, Dan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Congratulations. I just heard that great news. Thank you. I think uh, that's well-deserved. I think your show's great. Thank you so much. And I think, you know, this is sorely needed in our industry, and I think it's wonderful. So congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, just to let everyone who's listening know... Uh, we talked about having you on as a guest back when I was in Los Angeles. And was actually here because you couldn't get home. <laughs> and I actually missed the show. Uh, we had to do a greatest hits uh, to, keep, to fill in the blank. Um, when we talked about the idea, we sort of you know, tossed around the ideas of talking about what it's like to be a soap journalist, maybe do 
some of the, the Emmy prenoms. And since then, Michael, the soap world has turned upside down. It, it, it has been a doozy of a week. I'm, I, my head has been spinning just trying to keep up and keep my brain wrapped around it. And it's been a very emotional week as well. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. You know, between hearing everybody, I hear all the fans who are writing to me or voicing what's happening to me, and I've been in touch with the shows, and it's been really, really tough. And, you know, we're at a time where this this genre, I've never seen this much news recently. Every week there's something happening. It just seems like, you know, some weeks more than others, but there's there's consistent heads rolling and pink people being shown the front door and recast. I think everybody's really jockeying to how to save our genre. They're trying to figure out how can we save our shows. I think that's what these series are doing. While we're all trying to figure out, you know, from a viewing perspective, mm-hmm. how can we, what, what can we do and please don't take away these characters or mm-hmm. what are you doing? And it's a real balancing act going on right now between what the fans want to see, what the shows have to do, and the network's bottom line. It, absolutely, and we will be taking phone calls from listeners. Uh, the number that you can call in, guys and gals, is 866-472-5788. It is a toll-free number. Uh, before we get to all of that, this is where I swoop in and get the juicy details. Uh, as I mentioned, Michael, you've been involved with the soaps for quite a while, but big question that people want to know is, have you always been a soap fan? The answer is yes, I have. Really? Okay. And I actually started watching soap operas when I was nine years old. Okay. And I got that, that happened to me because I was not well. I was sick as a child and I couldn't go to school for several months. And I would start watching them with my mom just to pass the time. Hmm. Well, I had one of those weird minds where I could remember characters, places, time. Like, a, like I remembered names, characters, storylines. It just, I had that kind of mind that could take in that information and then i really really became like i remember watching judith light on one life to live uh, and, yeah you know the, but i remember like i remember mickey horton and days of our lives in the you know 68 i mean i'm telling you i go way back to you know 40 some years ago and i just remember thinking i couldn't wait to see what happened more i couldn't wait to see what the next beat of the story was i, I and then i started really thinking the acting was really good and then i thought you know then it was kitschy in some ways <laughs> but it really hooked me in and i couldn't figure out a way like you know and then i went on to do you know i was in i was a musician and i was a songwriter and i was a singer and i was in new york and i was going to perform and i but i also had this thing that i wanted to produce things and put things together and um, but I could never figure out like how I was going to use my knowledge of soap operas. And then I was working as the manager of publicity for Catch a Rising Star Comedy Clubs back in like 1988 or 89. Hmm. Okay. And I put together the first AIDS benefit the night before the daytime Emmys in New York. Wow. And it had like Sally Jesse Raphael and Linda Dano mm-hmm. and A. Martinez and Marcy Walker and all these stars. And that was kind of how I got in the door through creating these events, hmm. which led me to Dick Clark Productions, where I ended up becoming a producer for the Daytime Emmy Awards back in like in the Soap Opera Digest Awards, and really was more in television producing. And it just kind of all took the different twists and turns of how I was going to use this knowledge. And from there, I went on to Soap City. Right. And that, and then the rest is kind of I think people know a lot of it, but it's basically in writing, producing, journalist. 
and trying to create new concepts for the genre, which I strongly believe in. I'm still believing in it. Um, but it's been really difficult for somebody like myself, who's older than, a little older than some of the other journalists I know, who's seen a little more only because I've lived longer. <laughs> um, so it's kind of disheartening to see, like, I remember when there were like 16, you know, 14, 15 soap operas, you know, yeah. and there's, there's seven. Well, to be six. Just quickly, I mean, when you say that you're holding on, what do you say to fans who I've seen on message boards and Twitter and Facebook who are sort of resigned to the fact that the soaps will be gone one day and, you know, they're just dragging along? I mean, how do you combat that? It's really hard, and I'm not, no, I don't know the complete answer to that, other than. There is a belief out here in Los Angeles when I talk to the actors, the shows, producers, because now there's most of the shows are here, right? Um, that the strong will survive. Like, the strong top-rated shows will survive and the rest will go away. I don't think there's going to be... I, I don't foresee... I think there'll be a small, minute number in the next few years, hmm. you know, that are left. Either we're going to have a renaissance somehow... You know, because everything has ebbs and flows. But again, until they find a new model of how they're going to produce these shows right. or a budget that is, you know, feasible and keep a cast, you know, I, don't, I always think maybe they should cut down the amount of episodes they do per week, you know, anything to kind of keep it going. But then you don't want to water it down either. So Exactly. It's it, really, it's re- I don't have the answer, and I, I just, I don't want to, I mean, I've been having a tough time believing you know, it's hard that as the world turns got canceled, and I don't want to think about One Life to Live being canceled because that's my favorite show. So it has been my favorite show for forever. I mean, there's times I don't love it, but it's been the show that I, Michael, <laughs> have the strongest affinity for. Well, let's so, talk about celebrating the shows. The, of course, the daytime Emmy pre-nominations uh, just came out uh, within the past week or so or week or two, and it's always an interesting development. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're almost coming up on a break. We have about two minutes or so. Uh-huh. Uh, were there any... Well, first of all, let's get to the changes. It seems, Michael, like they make changes every year to try to make the, the nominations process more fair. Correct. And this year they made even more changes. Correct. I mean, this year, again, they went back to you could vote. Again, instead of the in-house voting being you could only pick two from your show, people could vote across the board... Mm-hmm. It was opened back up that you could pick anybody from any other shows. Um, I don't know if there's a perfect process. This has been going on and on and on, and I don't like the fact that they can only submit one show. I don't either. I think that really stinks. I, and I know, I mean, I literally was at CBS the other day talking with Stacey Hyduke and mm-hmm. Billy Miller, and every, every, nobody, you know, everyone's scrambling to figure out what they're going to do because how do, I'm picking only one tape, and I don't think that's fair. And I think, you know, the interesting thing was as people come into the guiding light, a lot of the performers aren't on the ballot. Right. But I think that had to do with there's nobody there helping them pull the reels. It's Absolutely. A, a, you know, <laughs> the show's gone. And I think that was part of the reason. It was a little disappointing not seeing some of their names on there. I've always thought that for prime time, I don't necessarily know that one episode is uh, good enough to show your work, even though that's maybe one twentieth of the season. Certainly when you're doing 200 and some episodes of a soap, one two hundredth of, of work can't possibly show what you've put together for the entire 
year, I know what you turned out. I completely agree with you. This has been the bane of this, you know, as, a, as producing the Emmys where I have done the clip package producing, where I put together, you know, when they go, the nominees are, and you see those clips of the nominees. I used to do that for many right. years. Oh. And so I would put together the packages when they would pick. So I, it was my job to go through all the submission tapes and pull that 20-second bite that really showed the actor. And when you look at that, and then you look at the fact that nobody gets to see what, you know, you're picking one show where they may have some crap in it that doesn't really mean anything, and it's really about good editing, and how do these shows flow together as a cohesive, standalone thing when you're judging it. I don't really feel that really shows, you know, everybody can have one good show. Absolutely. Everybody can have one good show, but who can sustain and be the lead actor of the year? That's what I want to know. And I think that's what our genre really represents. Like, who is the lead actor? They've, they've been on 264 days a year, let's say, or 130 days a year. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. I just think there's, it's, not, it's a flawed system. Well, we will talk about that system. Uh, we're coming up on our first break, and we'll take some calls when we come back All right. after the break on Soap Central Live. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes, and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on leadership intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host. Dan Kroll, and I am talking to Michael Fairman. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about the daytime Emmys, and we're now going to look at who's been pre-nominated. For those of you who want to play the home game, you can go to SoapCentral.com slash Emmys, and it'll take you to a listing of everybody who's been pre-nominated this year, and you can also do other Emmy research. But, Michael, let's look at the list. All right. And were there any surprises that jumped out at you? You know, it's hard to say that because a lot of the people. I'll, let me just preface it by saying when I find when I when you know the Trevor St. John and Robin Strasser, mm-hmm. and Eric Braden, mm-hmm. and these people that well, Eric Braden was in the list and they didn't vote for him. But when you find out people like that didn't get in, that you know, or took their name out because Robin and Trevor won't compete. Mm-hmm. That kind of dilutes it for me because, like, to me, they were two of the best performances of the year. And in my interview on Michael Fairman's Soaps with Robin mm-hmm. Strasser, the video interview, she goes into why she takes herself out because she doesn't believe in it. Um, but that being said, you know, I guess... And when I look at the lead actress list, I'm not totally surprised, and I'm glad Terry Colombino's in there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Crystal Chappelle. I'm mm-hmm. thrilled Erica Slazak's in there because I think she had some good material with Tess Best. Absolutely. Vicky, which I thought was heartbreaking. Um, and, again, it just kind of was the standard people I thought would be in there. I'm kind of glad Bobby Eakes got in. I was, I was concerned they'd forget about her pill-popping. Well, you know, she's been nominated. I, I want to say she's been nominated as, as lead actress mm-hmm. for all my children for every year since, like, 2004 right. or so. Uh, so, I mean, she seems to pop in every year. Of course, uh, since we're talking about that, the other nominee for All My Children is Alicia Minshew, who plays Kendall. Uh, Susan Lucci, not on the ballot. Any not on the ballot. There? I was not surprised because I didn't feel she really carried story that I, I didn't think she had the material. Um, Christian Alfonso, I'm a little surprised. Um, but Allison Sweeney, I think this, if there's any year that she could possibly get nominated, mm-hmm. it would be this year. Um, you know, it's always surprising to see where the actors place themselves or where they end up, too. Exactly. Uh, like Brie Williamson, you know, again, she really carried the show. But yet and, she's in supporting. And she's in supporting. And when I talk to her in an interview, you will see. I'm bringing that up just because it's coming to my mind, but... There's a video interview I have with her coming up, and we talked about that. And she and I said, "You really put yourself in support." And she goes, "Absolutely." And I think there's a, you know, and that's a tough category supporting to get out of and get a win because there's 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 a wider range of characters in the supporting roles. But I thought she would be in lead. Well, I, I talking, know, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's strange. I think there's a belief that you have to be old to be a lead actor or actor. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. 
and somebody that whose name is constantly like, you know, you see the same women consistently there. But then yeah. again, these women do carry the weight of the show, like Laura Wright. You know, mm-hmm. she carries, she is the lead on the, of the women on that show. Um, I don't know if I was surprised or not that Sarah Brown was on the list. I didn't know if they'd even include her. <laughs> well, it, it always surprises me when people who are no longer with the show are on their list, are yeah. nominated. Because there used to be the belief that once you were gone, too bad, especially if you less left on your own, you know, of your own choice. But I think there was a surprise in terms of a character who was strongly, strongly Hated. disliked, mm-hmm. uh, but you ended up with a younger actress nomination, Crystal Hunt on One Life to Live, who, of course, played Stacy. Stacy, kill our show, Morasco? Okay, yeah. I, it, I mean, obviously, since this is now peer-based, that this isn't, this is out of the hands of, say, a show promoting or not promoting a particular person. Obviously, there were enough people somewhere in the universe that, you know, were impressed by her work outside of the fact that everybody hated the character. Well, I think she was, you know, they cast her. They cast her. They they knew people would hate her. I mean, she has that look. She had that way she acted, and that's why they brought her in, to really be hated. It just was really difficult to watch because, as I talked about with Ron Carlovati and I and I've talked about with some of the other actors, you know, she was brought on as a as a you know, to break up Rex and Gigi, but she I felt and so many of the fans wrote to me how she they she was shoved down their throats. Because there was a time when she was on all the time. I mean the whole bag of blood story and the yes. leukemia. It was like it was the Crystal Hunt show and I think it backfired and, and then I they agree. tried to backpedal and humanize her at the end. Um but it made for good story at the end. Um, but, you know, there was this whole thing about, I don't know if you heard about this, that people could pay their dues and get in if they, you know, I yes. don't know if she was initially on the ballot. And Crystal was one of those people that paid her Natus dues mm-hmm. to make her eligible, and she could then put herself into that category on her own without being nominated from her own show. Right. It, she did that. The nomination process is wacky it's completely, it, it, it's so crazy. And I actually, I believe we have a caller, All right. uh, Doreen from Wisconsin, who I think wants to weigh in on some of this Emmy madness. Doreen, <laughs> are you there? Yes, I'm there. How are I, you? I'm, I'm good. You guys are doing real good. Good. And, uh, Michael, I've been following you and your website, and I'm glad that you're on uh, the show today. But I'm, I, it's not about the nominations. I'm sorry that I can't comment on that at this point. But okay. I am I'm following Young and the Restless, which mm-hmm. is my favorite show. And I don't know if you've kept up and seen the last two days at all mm-hmm. where the whole Adam story is coming apart now. Mm-hmm. And uh I know that at the end of today's show that uh he was cornered so much that he grabbed a uh poker from the fireplace and ran out the door. And I'm just wondering if you know anything that's going to happen with this going down. And, and I thought somebody was outside that maybe he would take as a... Uh, uh, hostage? Yes. A poker hostage. A poker <laughs> hostage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's, he's trying to escape now because he's, he's cornered about uh, everything that's going on. And uh, the baby, and that's all coming out about Ashley and... Well, Ashley's going to try to flee with the baby. With? Dun, 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 dun. Ashley's going to try to flee okay. oh. with the baby. Oh, my gosh. Because she now, you know, it's coming out that she's going to realize it really isn't her baby. Yeah. So she, next week, you should really tune in because she's going to try to flee with the baby. And of all people that she runs into the, or wherever she's trying to flee to, airport, is Tucker McCall. 
Oh my god. So there's a little there's <laughs> there's a twist. I'm not going to comment on the poker because I don't want to wreck it. Okay. <laughs> so there's your there's your sneak peek, Doreen. Yes, so. there's your sneaky peek. A couple people that are want to get in here before the break, so we're going to let you go. I'm thank going you, to thank you very much for calling. Thank you for taking my question. Bye. We have time for one more quick call before the break, Michael. Uh, I believe it's Donnie from Illinois. Donnie, are you there? Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, we lost Donnie. Oh, maybe Donnie. He, he, maybe he has the poker. Um, <laughs> He's got the poker. So we're going to quick segue back one more little bit looking at the, the nominations. In the second half, we're going to talk about, of course, the big One Life to Live news. Mm-hmm. Um, someone Can that, I just say this? Sure. I was shocked. Can I just tell you, you asked me what I'm so surprised about? Yes. John Aniston for lead, <laughs> for lead actor on Days of Our Lives. I don't get that. I'm sorry. I do not. I was a little surprised by that too. Just uh, and I looked at the at the list and thought maybe I had misplaced that maybe uh, it was supposed to be under supporting mm-hmm. and, and actually lead. Um, you know, I don't know. It, it, to me, it goes back to now that we've opened it up again. We like you and I have a, a say in it, uh, but now that it has been opened up to everyone voting, people vote for who they recognize. Correct. Uh, this is not much different than the way it used to be when you would always see. Uh, the David same five Canary, people up uh, all the time. Eric Braid and Tony mm-hmm. Geary. Not that they're certainly not deserving, but I think a lot of people voted for who they knew. I agree with that. And as I think it, you probably read in my Terry Colombino interview today, I know we're talking about that later, but the reason I'm bringing that up is because she made a really valid comment that, you know, that, that the system changed and it went back to this. You can pick from any show. And she had, you have to go when you're somebody who doesn't watch all the shows. You go with the name you recognize. You go with somebody whose work you know is consistent, even though you may, they may not have had the best year. So it ends up, again, people still voting for name recognition or what they know. And that's the flaw of it. You know? Well, who has time to sit around and watch soap? Oh, wait a minute. That would be us, wouldn't that it? That would be us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never got answered my own that question. Would be us. <laughs> Um, well, you know, in the two minutes that we have, what do you do to fix the Emmy process? Is there, or is there a fix? I don't know. You know, I used to be of mindset, Dan, honestly. You know, I, I had conversations with Natus. I really wanted to help change it. I, because I had been so involved with the Emmys on a producing end for so long. Of course. That I really, really wanted it to be something to, to really alter it because I would, I would hear the disgruntled actors and the blue ribbon panels and all of that. I don't know if there's a perfect system. I don't know. I just think this just doesn't quite work. I mean, Joshua Morrow really was so upset when I asked him about, you know, he took his name out because he basically was like, I don't like this. It, it's voting. It's popularity vote in my cast. You know, I thought I did great work. I didn't even get a prenom. So I don't want to go through it again. So people are taking... What I'm finding is more and more people, I feel, are, if it continues this way, are going to take themselves out of the, out of the race. Possibly, you know? That's certainly the only, I can't even think of, a, of, a, of an upside to that. But, I mean, the Emmys themselves have to be a popularity contest. Right. And, I mean, I mean it's a contest, maybe not necessarily a popularity contest, but it's in terms a game. of... You know, it's really about the science of the game. After you get through the popularity... And I'll tell you how when the system did work. The system worked last year in the final round of voting for lead actress. In my mind, Susan Haskell was a clear-cut winner. And I, it was a tough category. Last year's ex- actresses was a great group. But, you know, it did rise to the top when those tapes, when you look at the individual tapes, 
most of the time, the top, the person, I think the correct person wins most of the time, not all the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Okay, so the next segment, Talking One Life to Live, Michael. Get ready for some phone calls. I'm ready. And everybody, you can call in, and we'll be back with the second half of Soap Central Live. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a swing set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org. And from energyhog.org, she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm Dan Kroll, and I am joined this week by Michael Fairman, who, in addition to having his own website, is also a contributing writer for Advocate.com. Now, one of the yeah. biggest news stories of the week... <laughs> of the year. Been, of the year, even, mm-hmm. uh, has been 
the decision by One Life to Live to bring to an end its Kish storyline. So before we take some calls, because there are a lot of people who want to talk about this, Michael, what are your initial thoughts? I am heartbroken. I am heartbroken. I am I'm upset. You know, I think my initial thoughts are from, if you read between the lines of what's been said, what was presented in TV Guide, what the show has said, you know, it seems to me that the, I believe One Life to Live is struggling in the ratings. We know this. Mm-hmm. I think that there, there was pressure from above because the story probably was not tracking well mm-hmm. in certain parts of the country Okay, where maybe the gay storyline didn't go over well. Um, I'm, I, I cannot believe, and I hate to say that the reason for the ratings being low is just the gay storyline because that was a component of other offshoots of storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there, I feel like there was pressure from somewhere above, whether it be ABC or higher, you know, that they had to cut it. And it, be, it feels very abrupt to me. I can certainly tell everybody from the interview that you saw on Michael Fairman Soaps with Brett and mm-hmm. Scott that I posted yesterday that was just done a little while, what, 10 days ago. Um, nobody at that point knew. They certainly didn't know. I don't believe that that was known at that time. Um, certainly not with calling them in to do interviews with me. I mean, things were made to, they wanted them to talk to me. They Absolutely. came in especially, they weren't even working that day. And they came in to do an interview with me. I was in from Los Angeles. So it all just seemed, you know, and I think the rumors started to go and they started to go. And I think one life list said, well, we, we better address this. And then it all came out. And I'm extremely disappointed. I'm disappointed for the gay community. I'm disappointed because I thought it was a beautifully told story. And I don't know what this says. You know, I don't know what this says. Why are we not ready to see this kind of story? Well, let me play devil's advocate for a minute and say, <clears throat> in, of, in this, there has been a storyline. Uh, let's just say that it isn't that people had issues per se with Kyle and Oliver, and that maybe there, there was a lot involved. There was a mass gay wedding. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of people who have strong opinions about gay mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. There was also a mayoral candidate who pretended to be gay in order to get votes, mm-hmm. uh, where it seems in, in uh, traditional society... So you're feeling that, it was over-gayed? Uh, well, you know, I'm, if, if that's what it is. I'm reading what people are saying. It's certainly, uh, uh, so many people have had very positive uh, opinions of the Kish storyline, probably more so than what I've seen in the past when Bianca came out as a lesbian mm-hmm. or uh, with Luke and Noah on As the World Turns. I'm wondering if it isn't just the storyline or hoping that maybe it wasn't just the storyline, but that a lot of other people thought, hey, maybe some of these other issues make it too much. I, I mean, I have read that, and I have heard that, and I've been reading people's posts, and I've been tracking, of course, what's going on because I write for Advocate.com and because of, you know, how close I've been to the Kish story from the beginning because I write for a gay platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is possible. I think, you know, but, but then again, so then why aren't you getting rid of Dorian? <laughs> you know, if she played, you know, I mean, but, but they were into, you know, but you have to remember Kyle and Fish were all part of the Stacey thing, too. And I think right. that that was another issue. Um, 
But I would have liked to see the two men get the baby and go through something to get the baby. It just feels like it's going to be so wrapped up. I think it could have been funny. It could have been like three men and a baby. Three men and a baby. I think it's great to see that. But that's what we think. Let's bring on, we have a caller, Jenna Michelle. I'm not sure where she's from. Jenna Michelle. We'll bring Jenna Michelle in and see what she has to say. Hi. Hi. How are you? Doing good, I guess. So what are you calling in today to talk about? I'm calling in about Kish, believe it or not. Good, good timing. So what are your thoughts? I'm pretty devastated. Uh, I really loved your interview the other day. I watched it online. Thank you so much. It was great. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't... I well, got can, I ask you, can I ask you why you're devastated? Like, what what is it about it that you... What What is it about them that you liked? Um... I love their story. I thought the acting was great, and I liked the whole star-crossed lover thing, and then they just had so much chemistry, and I just thought it was really well done. And even, like, with the interviews they do, they always seemed so happy about what they were doing, and I just really liked everything about it and everything about them. You know, and that's what killed, that's the thing, too, Dan, that really was, when I said heartbreaking, it was because I knew that interview that I had just taped, and oh, I saw... Right. What your, yeah. your caller saw—it was the, they really believed in what they were doing and really enjoyed working with each other. So I was like, "Oh my God, you know, don't tell me this." Well, Jenna yeah. Michelle, thank you for calling in. We've got a couple oh, other folks. Sure, can go ahead. Um, for the New York area Kish fans, we're trying to do a little rally on Friday, March 26th, um, outside of Good Morning America in the city. Um, oh, great. If anyone can do it, they should. Go to Kishmet or on Twitter and find us. And, uh, yeah, just want to get that out there. Okay, perfect. And we'll make sure that uh, we post that information on SoapCentral.com as well. Thank you, Jenna Michelle, for calling. Thank you. We're going to go. We have another caller, uh, Fast and Furious here. We have Donnie. I don't remember where Donnie said he was from because he disappeared before. I think it was Illinois. Donnie, are you there? Yes, how are you? How are hey, you? Donnie. I'm doing good. So what are you calling in today for? Yes, I'm calling about the Young and the Restless. All right. Um, I've been a fan of the show since I was 10 years old. Okay. And my favorite character is Tracy E. Bergman, who plays okay. Lauren Seymour. Now, I've, through the years, I've seen Lauren go through many, many changes. Can you, before we let you go on, Donnie, we're getting okay. a little bit of feedback. Can you turn down your, your computer sound just for a little bit? Sure. Okay. Can okay, good. Now? Thank you. Thanks. Yes, Tracy E. Bergman is one of my favorite characters of Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, is there any wrap-ups coming toward her storyline? Is there any wrap-up, you said? Yes. You mean ramp-up or wrap-up? Wrap-ups. Ra- like wrapping it up? Yes. No, no, no. She's got. I mean, there's. You can see there's big story coming there. Obviously, she's being given ecstasy and being drugged, (laughs) and uh, she's kissing other men. (laughs) And we've got (laughs) Daisy uh, trying to destroy her for some reason. So Mm -hmm. I think I think you're going to see more of Lauren. I think her story is starting to kick into high gear. Okay, and one more thing. I've read the 37th anniversary is Mm -hmm. coming. And I was wondering, will we, will we be, like, will we see a new opening? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I don't in think terms so. Of, if you look at, it took General Hospital six years or so to get a new opening. Uh, Which I don't just, like. It costs money to do the openings, and unfortunately, you know, with the shows struggling in terms of generating advertising revenues, they would much rather put their money into the show itself than the opening credits. So it wouldn't surprise me, uh, Michael and Donnie, if they actually got rid of the opening credits at some point altogether. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay. mm-hmm. I just have a Y&R and go right into the show. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Donnie, for calling and Thanks, for, Donnie. for calling back. Okay, thank you. Do you think credits are needed, Michael? Do we really need to hear, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do-do or dun-dun-dun? Do you know really what? Hear that? <laughs> I have to tell you, I love the credits. <laughs> I do, too. I do. I even do I a little do. Dance. I feel like I'm not watching a soap opera if I don't see, like, Hair flying in the wind, you know, like we did. You know, I want to see like Steamboat did with Michael O'Leary on the day. I think I love seeing like hair blowing. I love seeing the characters, and I think that's such a staple. I like seeing new openings. I was just really quickly. I was disappointed with the new opening of GH. I just why? Just curious. I, I just thought it, I didn't look. I didn't like it. I just oh. didn't like the whole backdrop. Which of the soaps, other than that, since it got a new one, which of the soaps do you think most needs a new opening? Mm. I don't like One Life to Live's opening. I hate One Life, <laughs> one life to Live. It looks like something I've put together. Yeah, it looks like a Dan Kroll. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that the truth is out and that everyone knows that I put together <laughs> their opening, it's not right to me. Yeah, I don't like their opening, and I think they need to fix that. And you know what always kills me about these openings? You can tell when they're trying to save money when they stick in an actor that doesn't quite really fit in the montage, so they mm-hmm. push the characters around. It's so funny you said that. I was talking to Cameron Matheson and Rebecca Buttig, how Rebecca Buttig has, like, pushed Cameron down in the cre- – like, <laughs> so in my video interview with him that I have on the website now, they, she pushed him down once. He was like, you pushed me down one? So, you know, I like the opening credits. I, just, I really wish they could refresh them much more often, though. I'm sure there's got to be a way in this age of Photoshop and uh, <laughs> uh, everything else that they could, you know, keep them a little bit updated or, or I'm not sure, you know, have someone donate their time. Certainly there are people who can put together things. I'll do it. Nobody asked me. I no would one do asked it. me either. That's, there's probably a reason. Well, they, <laughs> they might think that we want something in return. <laughs> I think, what are these journalists doing? They're sniffing around. <laughs> and then we'll take care of the Emmys. We'll vote. We'll take care of how that runs. We'll, we'll do just, new credits start, for everyone. Start, yeah, please. <laughs> Uh, you know, and all will be right with the but world. Dan, don't but, you think it'd be great if we could, like, license ourselves out to do the opening credits for all the shows? We'll talk about that during the break. We'll talk about that later. Time. <laughs> and right. we'll be back in just a minute with more on Soap Central Live. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. 
You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CareSearch and the Ad Council. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'm here with Michael Fairman. And, Michael, we are, believe it or not, in the last segment of the show already. Oh, so what we're going to do, we're going to do a speed round. We have okay. uh, one caller. We have Edith from Brooklyn. We're going to bring her on. Right. But Edith, we need to make it uh, kind of quick so we can get everything in. So what are you on to uh, talk about, Edith? Uh-uh. I wanted to talk about Kiss. I'm oh, well, still very upset about it. <laughs> well, let's, let's bring it on, Edith. We, uh, we're, we, I am too. Uh, well, yeah, uh, so upset about it. And, and it's interesting because I feel like, I would be the kind of viewer that One Life would want to have, and you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really following One Life to Live, and I found out about the Kish storyline through outside media that wasn't soap opera media, mm-hmm. and I brought me to the show, and I got into it because of their storyline, and you know, hearing about their it coming to an end, it's like, you know, I kind of am not that invested in everything else because I'm a relatively new viewer, you know. You feel and like the so rug's been pulled out from under you, it. right? With that? Sorry? You feel like the rug's been pulled out from under you. Like, totally, totally, yeah. totally, totally. And it, it does not go with the flow of the story, which leads me to, to agree with you that, they're, that, they're, they're, that higher-ups were not happy. and they No, they, it felt very abrupt to me. And usually yeah. having done this for so long, as we all know now, that Dan said I've done it for 17 months. <laughs> but, but having done this for so long, I'm telling you, it just feels like, okay, everybody... You better change it right now, or there's big trouble coming. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was, you know, this is ABC Disney. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the word is coming from on high. Fix this Mm -hmm. now. And it's it's very disappointing, and and it really makes me feel sad for the show because I kind of feel like the show is 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 going to lose a lot of 
momentum that it had because of this storyline, and it really needs it because people aren't watching the show. Well, That's let me right. ask and you this, again, And again, what I came away with was while Kish was media dar- – I mean, they're media darlings, you know, with the GLAAD Award and the media attention. They got so much mainstream and soap right. press. But, again, we don't really know, or according to ABC, how they were really tracking that's true. And so that's where the disconnect becomes, where it's a business issue for them, where it's a media darling issue for all of us who love them. So, you know, again, it's business the bottom line. And I, and I hope this doesn't really mean one life to live. Guess what? You better get your act together because you're really close to the, you know, I'm just, I don't want it to, I'm concerned it's more doom and gloom. And that's, I don't, you know, this is just one part of the issue. That, well, that you, is the Edith. fear. And I have to say, Edith. I watch Young and the Restless. That was kind of my, that's like my soap. And I was super disappointed with their so-called gay storyline that they had tried to introduce some months ago. That was rancid. Which, which, Terrible. Which, which precipitated that other actor quitting in, in a huff. You yeah. know, and I was so disappointed and just pissed off and haven't really been happy with the diversity on CBS. And, you know, I, I really was happy about One Life. And so it's just depressing. It's just depressing. It is so depressing. Well, I know. Edith. I feel like Edith. I need to have a candlelight vigil. And we were going to have, we're, we don't want to make sure that we don't, uh, we have time for other callers. So yep. we are going to have you. to move on. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Edith. Okay, bye. My question is something that Edith said that uh, I wanted to, uh, I'm worried that we were going too long, and I wanted to get your opinion on, Michael, mm-hmm. is people who were brought into One Life to Live and who were caught on this particular storyline, do we now fault the writers for not giving fans who tuned in to see Kish something else to get hooked on? Or do we believe that maybe viewers who were tuning in for Kish really were just tuning in specifically for that storyline and there wasn't anything else that was going to get them caught on? Mm, you know, I think that the people that came in, I mean, I, obviously the goal was to, one, do something. To, I think there were two goals here. One, media attention. How can we give media attention to One Life to Live? And this is something very close to Ron Carlobati's heart that he wanted to tell. I think there was, that was an honest thing. Plus, with media attention, we get sort of another thing to talk about for One Life to Live to get ratings. I think those were two of the issues. I think once it, you know, what happens with the new viewers, I, you know, the new viewers would stay... I mean, new viewers will stay, even with soap operas when major characters and people have left and disappointments, if you've got the story to back it up and you can still hold them there, I don't think they're just going to flee. They may say they're going to leave, but they'd still stay. So there has to be a good story in place. You know, I don't know if there'll just be a mass exit, um, but certainly I, I'm very concerned about the gay audience who's really taking this personally. And this isn't the first time. And, this uh, is, and then you have to understand from someone who covers for Advocate.com, this is really hard to swallow because every time we, these, this audience has seen a disillusion of their storyline, a botched storyline, promises that have been made, never, you know, on and on and on, and then they just end. So then you get the feeling of hopelessness, like why can't we ever see characters stay on a show? Well, let's talk about that. We had uh, Otalia on Guiding Light, and Guiding Light was canceled. Uh, we have... New, uh, Nuke, and uh, Noah and Luke on As the World Turns, and that show's canceled. Canceled. We had Bianca on All My Children, and now Eden Regal has moved on to The Young and the Restless, and All My Children is going to recast the role of Bianca. What is it that makes it so hard to write for gay characters? <laughs> I don't know. I- 
it's interesting. Like, that's why I thought Ron's writing of the gay characters from a head writer perspective was really right on. Uh, Ron Carlobati. Some of the other writers, I don't know if they know how to write for them. I, you, you have to realize that the Chuck Pratt, malign, how he, the much maligned Chuck Pratt, as I call him, how he did the Reese-Bianca storyline was so offensive to gay viewers because throwing a man in there, it's like they can't, I don't think they can figure out once they tell a, a, an original part of it, like either someone coming out to their family, coming out to their lover, falling in love. I don't think they necessarily, I don't know if they can figure out what to do with them. Like, I don't know if they know how to properly integrate them and then just make them part of the canvas. They say they will, but then they have no story. They, they, there's that plot device of, okay, you're gay, seems to, like, they use it at the beginning, and then it's not part of it if they don't know what to do with them anymore. Kyle and Fish, I was really looking forward to. I really was looking forward to this court battle and the whole story of two men getting to raise a baby and fighting for that, and like you said, three men and a baby. I was really looking forward to seeing that because I think that's a really relevant issue in our society. And soap operas are supposed to mirror a lot of social issues in our society. Why this cannot, why this keeps happening and these storylines getting killed, there has to be some sort of backlash going on that some of us don't know about. Well, I'm going to put the last word on this because, again, I can't believe the show is almost over, but I did receive a statement from One Life to Live regarding the end of the storyline. And from the spokesperson, they write, <clears throat> The groundbreaking Kyle Fish relationship on One Life to Live was embraced by fans both as a great story and a fair and honest reflection of the LB, LGBT community. We're glad their story resonated with the audience and understand the fans' disappointment now that it is concluded. The show has a history of bringing LGBT stories to the screen, earning two GLAAD awards in the process, as well as returning popular characters when they serve the ongoing story. The great characters remain in Landview, and there will be there are no immediate plans to advance their story. The door is always open for their return. And the door is always open for your return to Michael. Uh, certainly we didn't get to everything that we wanted to talk to, uh, so hopefully you'll be able to come back in the future. Absolutely. And uh, we can talk more about some of the soap stuff. I'd love to. And now that you're on for, you've been renewed for a year, there's plenty of time. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. There'll be 52 more times for 52 you to, more times. to drop on by. So let me thank you. Uh, thank my you. guest this week, of course, Michael Fairman, for dropping by. Uh, I always enjoy having a chance to sit down and talk with you about the soaps and what's going on in the world. You can check out who he's talking to from the world of soaps at www.michaelfairmansoaps.com. Uh, he's already said he'll come back, so that's great. I, of course, will be here next week with more from the soap world, and I hope that you'll be back to join me. So until then, the same soap time, same soap channel, I'm Dan Kroll, signing off for another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.